Hey everyone, welcome to the seventh episode. So today I'm going to talk to you about how one of my students got an 878 in the August 2018 test. She wrote me an email just a few days ago and she basically said, Dana, I got an 878 and I'm really, really happy with it. And I think that's the last time she's going to take the SAT. So actually she got this out of the way on her first try, which is really, really amazing. And that's just always such a good feeling when someone can get the test out of the way on his or her first try. So what I'm going to do is walk you through exactly what I did with her. And so I hope that by listening to this podcast, some of you guys will leave this episode with some helpful tips on how to tackle the SAT essay. And if you have any follow-up questions, please feel free to always email me. My email address is diana at myemprep.com. So the first thing I did with her was to create a list of commonly used rhetorical strategies. And I basically made sure that she knew exactly what the definition was for each rhetorical strategy. So, and I made two lists. One list had commonly used rhetorical strategies, and I'll get into that in a little bit. And then I created another column for, well, these rhetorical strategies don't show up, but once in a while they do. Um, But it's still important to know because you never know when you might spot them. Uh, One little important note though. I find that a lot of students have asked me that, you know, they would say to me, Dana, can I just use ethos, logos, pathos? It seems like the easiest thing. I know those three words very well. Can I just use them? And my opinion is ethos, logos, and pathos could work, but I really haven't seen many essays that have gotten good scores if people use that. My thinking is if so many people resort to ethos, logos, and pathos, I just feel like those essays kind of look the same when it in the grader's eyes. So they probably won't get a good score if you just use that, unless one can execute that really, really well. But generally, I haven't seen people get good scores by using just ethos, logos, and pathos. But anyway, back to my original point, which was the commonly used rhetorical strategies. And some of the common ones that I basically see are the pronoun use of the pronoun we or us, precedent, counter-argument, data and statistics, appeal to patriotism. These are just a few, but these might seem, these might sound pretty familiar to you guys. Um, two that come up that maybe they, they don't show up, but once in a while they, you do, personification and hyperbole. This is just a sample, but I just wanted to give you guys some concrete examples of some of these rhetorical strategies. So remember, the first thing I did was to create a list of commonly used and rhetorical strategies. Basically, I want to make sure that no matter what essay the student gets, they will for sure be able to use at least three of these. So that was my goal for creating this comprehensive list. The second thing I did was I created a third column and that column was I wrote out the effect that each rhetorical device has. Why do I do this? So the SAT, if you look at the rubric, it has three categories that they use to score the students, reading, analysis, and writing. Generally, my students who come to me, they find analysis to be the hardest. So students tell me, Dan, it's kind of obvious to me that, you know, why, you know, the pronoun we would be 
helpful and they'll write it out in like one sentence, but one sentence for analysis isn't sufficient. So what I've done is I basically listed out for them common effects that you can easily adapt to any essay should they want to. And also gives them a good idea of what they're looking for and they could always modify it accordingly. So for example, um, for data and statistics, you can say that, you know, by using big numbers, it concretely enhances the argument by giving logical support to the author's claims. Therefore, it makes the reader feel more inclined to side with the author's views. It also offers credibility and it assures the reader that the argument is valid. For data and statistics, you can also say that by providing numbers, it provides concrete evidence that's really difficult to refute. So it helps the reader draw helpful conclusions about the issue. So by listing those out, students generally find that very, very helpful. And that should really help with the analysis section because at the end of the day, the graders are looking for insightful analysis and well, a well-considered evaluation of the rhetorical strategy at play. So going into this test with a go-to plan or a backup plan is always, always helpful because when you plan it out, you have time to think. And in this test, you're only given 50 minutes and most of the time you're going to be writing. So I'm going to talk about how to budget your time later, but you really only have about eight to 10 minutes to plan out your essay. So you really don't have time to really think it through. So at home, when you're studying for this test, it's the best time to plan it all out. Now, another requirement for a great score is writing. And I'm pulling up the rubric in front of me. And the rubric basically states a student should demonstrate a highly effective use and command of language and use a wide variety of sentence structures, just to name a few. There's a few other things in there, but to me, those are the two that really, really stand out. And what the first part means is they want elevated vocabulary. And here's how to remedy this. So write out a template introduction and fill it with nice elevated vocabulary. Don't overdo it. Don't stick in like 10, you know, thesaurus.com words for each sentence. You don't want that. It just seems a little overkill. But since you're at home and you have the luxury of time, you have the opportunity to write a good introduction. Use a few, sprinkle in a few good vocabulary words so it sounds nice and elevated. Because if you start out your essay on a strong note, you're going to keep the reader's attention. Now, when I grade students' essays, I often notice that for the introduction, some students dive straight to the claim. I've seen that several times this past summer. They would write out an intro, but because I guess they're, they have timing issues, they don't write out a complete introduction. Instead, they just write one to two sentences, and then they go into their body paragraphs. Your introduction should have at least three to four sentences, three to five sentences, um, you don't need to necessarily have five, but somewhere in the three to four range should be enough. Okay. Make sure you use strong verbs. I mean, we all know what are the commonly used words that most high school students like shows uses. So one thing you can do is when you write out a draft, go ahead and get a colored pen or a pencil. I like to use colored pens because they stick out, circle all your verbs in your essay. Now, what you'll notice is that a lot of students will have a tendency to overuse the same type of words. 
uses is the most common one that I personally see. Then what you want to do is swap those words with more analytical ones. So here's a short list. Connotes, suggests, qualifies, establishes, expounds, underscores. I think a lot of students, they don't realize how many times they reuse the same type of verbs. And it may not be obvious to them, but it's really obvious to the reader. And it's a really fun exercise because I always tell students, look, instead of memorizing a bunch of words, use a color pen and swap it out. You're learning new words and it's, it's a practical way to retain them. So if you're kind of marking on your paper, okay, oh gosh, I just used the word use. So I can, I can swap it out with connotes, write out connotes. And so you're learning and you're retaining at the same time. So I found that to be a really good, useful tip um, that you can use as well. Another thing, create templates for topic sentences. Because as you all know, it's that one sentence that organizes your paragraph. And graders will really appreciate that because it shows that you have solid writing skills and you're basically guiding the reader through your essay. So do not just dive in with a quote, but make sure you have a good topic sentence. Here's an example. The author, insert author's name, begins by using insert rhetorical device to amplify his argument. Here's another topic sentence that you could use for your second paragraph, just as persuasive as, insert author's last name, use of whatever rhetorical device was used previously, is his or her use of, and then insert rhetorical device number two. So these templates, they save you time, they, they leave a positive impression on the graders. And make sure that you write out a template conclusion as well. They don't have to be long, uh, just you know, two to three sentences, three to four sentences, that's fine. Okay, so because the last thing you want to do is, you know, time's ticking and you're thinking through about, oh gosh, what am I going to write for my conclusion? So planning it all out really, really helps. Now, I talked about the budget. I did mention this in the previous podcast, but I'll mention again, mention it again. You have 50 minutes. So personally, I would plan it out this way and you can modify it according to what your personal needs are. Eight minutes to plan and read. Five minutes to write out the introduction. Since you already wrote a template, it should take actually less than that, but I just gave you guys five minutes, but you can modify that. Ten minutes for each body paragraph. So if you end up writing the introduction really, really fast, you can use that extra time to spend on the body paragraphs, which are more important. So you're going to write three body paragraphs, so ten times three is thirty minutes, okay? Um, three minutes to write the conclusion. Again, you're going to go in there with a template, so three minutes should be enough. And spend the remaining time. At that point, you should have about four minutes left. And make sure you read it through, and you'll find some grammatical mistakes. So make sure you clean that up. That would really, really help, because when you're writing fast, we, we make mistakes. So I think that will really help with your writing score as well. So to recap... I, this is what I did with the student and I did it in three sessions and sometimes it could take two, but for this student, I spent three hours tutoring her on three different days. 
I gave, we made a list and I gave her a list of commonly used rhetorical strategies. I made sure that she knew the definition for each. I also created another column and I wrote out the effect that each rhetorical device has. And that's really geared for students who maybe do not feel comfortable with analysis and they feel like they can't write more than one sentence. The third thing I did was I basically gave them some writing strategies. So, you know, swap out really nice, overly used verbs with more analytical ones. Insert elevated vocabulary in the introduction and in the conclusion. And, and then I also gave her a budget to how to plan out her essay, how much time she should spend. And I feel like you always want to make sure that you spend a few minutes just proofreading your essay because there will always be mistakes. So I hope you found this podcast helpful. I will come back next week for another episode. And if you have any suggestions on what you would like me to talk about, I'll be happy to address it. You can always email me at diana at myemprep.com. See you next time.